Greetings, salutations, Scott, and Aya! Welcome to episode 6 of Acceptable in the 90s, the solo spin-off series to the hugely popular, wildly successful One Man's Meat podcast. The rich, velvety tones you hear can only come from Big Meaty Cool, and today we make our final stop to TBS Towers for a little while, as we peruse the January 30th episode of WCW Saturday Night. The build to Super Brawl 3 continues as we have a huge tag team contest, as well as a debut from a notable British wrestler who was probably better known for his work in Vince McMahon's company rather than Ted Turner's. We have many sights to discuss. However, we could not possibly take a look at what transpired before we take a cheeky gander at the time's current events on this day in history on January 30th, 1993. On this day in 1993, nothing happened. However, it was the day before Super Bowl 27, which was won by the Dallas Cowboys 52-17 over the Buffalo Bills. As a result, the Bills became the first team to lose three consecutive Super Bowls. Alexander of Yugoslavia, who by marriage to King Peter II was the last Queen of Yugoslavia, sadly died on this day in history. At the box office in the US, Walt Disney's Aladdin was at number one in the cinemas. In the UK, Whitney Houston's The Bodyguard was at number one. In the US pop charts, those poor Americans still had to deal with Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You taking their top spot. But guess what, kids? The UK had a new number one! And you may not like this one either. It's No Limits by Two Unlimited, baby. Techno, 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 techno. And there seems to be no limit to what WCW were capable of at this time. There were a crop of hot new stars from all over the globe looking to take the world of TBS by storm. But did they succeed in that this week? Let's pour ourselves a tall glass of Tizer, grab some Space Rangers, and find out as we take you to WCW Saturday Night, January the 30th, 1993. Next on WCW Saturday Night, Tag Team Titans collide when world champion Big Van Vader and Barry Windham are challenged by Sting and the natural Dustin Rose. It's a battle of the bullies as the unpredictable barbarian tackles Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. What does Big Van Vader mean by the White Castle of Fear? We'll find out more. And Tony Schiavone interviews the Dean of Wrestling Announcers, Gordon Soley. All this next on WCW Saturday Night. Bam! 
Thanks very much and welcome everyone to center stage. WCW Saturday night is on the air. Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco with you here in Atlanta on West Peachtree and Larry, that big man event. Sting and Dustin Rhodes will collide with Big Van Vader and Barry Windham in this broadcast. And that's the one I'm waiting for. The way these four fight each other, Jim, we can see Armageddon right here tonight. Barry, there's going to be an outstanding broadcast. We'll also tell you about the upcoming World Television Title Tournament in the hour. But right now, the Unified World Tag Team Champions are making their way here to ringside. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Shane Douglas. Gentlemen, welcome to the broadcast. I know the championship match has been signed for you to defend your titles against Brian Brian Pillman and stunning Steve Austin. I know it's going to be a war. You know, Jim Ross, I got something to say to you, Brian Brian Pillman and stunning Steve Austin. Ricky Steamboat and I showed up at the Clash of Champions, ready to engage in a classic wrestling battle. You decided to take the low road and draw first blood. Well, that's just fine. We'll draw second blood. If you want these titles, be prepared to walk through hell to take them. Ricky, you know you're ready for a fight this time. You know something, Jim Ross, in the years that I've been wrestling and the feuds that I've had, when it was time to fight, I have fought. And you set the stage at the Clash U2. So to answer any questions, we're not coming to wrestle. We're coming to fight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we look forward to that championship matchup. But right now, let's go up to our ring announcer, Tony Geller. Our opening segment hypes the tag team contest for tonight. A potential barn burner pitting the Barbarian against Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. A visit to Vader's White Castle of Fear and Tony Schiavone will conduct a sit-down interview with the Dean of Wrestling himself, Gordon Soley. We are taped live from the Centre Stage Theatre in Atlanta, Georgia. Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco handle commentary once again in what was an underrated pairing. We open with Jim and Larry breaking down some of the action before we get an interview from Douglas and Steamboat who wish to discuss the Hollywood Blondes. JR interviews Steamboat and Douglas. Steamboat isn't letting his issues with Wyndham go, but he realises it's a diversion with his friends Austin and Pillman. Douglas says if they want the titles, they'd best be prepared to walk through hell to get them. Douglas says death is the only option, and right now their outlook is bleak. Bit much, lads, it's only wrestling. Our first match of the evening picked the sexiest man in WCW, the Z-Man Tom Zenk, versus the Canadian crippler Chris Benoit. Benoit is still being built up as the technical wizard here, and to Zenk's credit, he was a good base and solid brilliantly. This match opens with a lot of chain wrestling from both men, and is a decent contest overall. The crowd was really hot for it as well, booing Benoit and cheering the Z-Man. Benoit targets Zenk's back and midsection, including my favourite, the God Buster, right onto the top rope. He works from there into a gut buster, rib breaker and a back breaker before going into some basic stretching. Benoit applies a dragon sleeper, but Zenk fights up out of it and had an absolutely awesome babyface comeback. However, Benoit shoots him down with a huge lariat and a quick front dropkick before the Dragonplex ends it in 4 minutes and 45 seconds. Now this was a really decent opening contest, especially for TV. I'm assuming that Benoit is playing a heel, as he doesn't play to the crowd very much. I really liked Zenk's team with Johnny Gunn. 
but this is the right sort of spot for him to be used as somebody to build others up. All right, Jim, thank you very much. No doubt in recent weeks we've been most impressed with this man at six foot six at 340 pounds, and he'll be in action later on in this program, Max Payne. Hello, me, meet the real me in my misfits way of life. A dark black past is mine, my most valued possession. Hindsight is always 2020, but looking back, it's still a bit fuzzy. Speak of mutually assured destruction, nice story. Tell it to Reader's Digest. Yeah, the boys at Megadeth, they didn't know they was writing that song about Max Payne. Yeah, well, I'm not a three-time All-American football player, and I'm not a three-time All-American swimmer, and I'm not a three-time All-American javelin thrower. What I am is a three-time All-American wrestler with the credentials to back it. So take a look at the real thing. I am the Alpha and the Omega. After our contest, Tony Schiavone interviews Max Payne, still hoping that there's an opening for Frontman of the Cure. He calls himself the Alpha and Omega, and then has a good old ramble. Not the best promo I've heard, nor is he currently the best wrestler I've ever seen. But we next get the greatest thing that WCW ever did. That's called man shooting ball. Man, I know I can make it but my hands are cold. Man, you can't make it. You're gonna be late for school. Man, I can make it. Give me this ball. supposed to be in school? Nah, man, we going to the game room. What do you mean to the arcade? You guys need to be in school trying to get an education. Tell you what, I'll take you guys to school. Are we going to ride in the limousine? Nuh-uh. We're going to walk? Uh-uh. Let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to step. said. Match number two pits my personal hero Two Cold Scorpio and Brad Armstrong versus the team of Ron Hagen and Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. 
We have a quick squash match here as our first few matches show us an example of what could have been if WCW had kept up their light heavyweight division. Scorpio and Parker start. Early advantage from Parker in the corner, but Scorp soon hits back with arm drags and tags Armstrong in. Parker fights back with clubbing blows, but Armstrong manages to get out of a power slam attempt off the ropes to hit a nice drop kick. We get an armbar from Armstrong, but Parker makes the tag to Hagen. Armstrong neutralises him though and tags Too Cold back in, who controls the pace with arm drags, a drop kick and a shoulder barge, before a nice twisting leg drop to Hagen. Before Scorp avoids Parker's elbow drop, so Hagen gets nailed instead. Drop kick to Parker and Scorpio catches Hagen off the ropes with a spinning back heel kick before tagging in Armstrong who hits the Russian leg sweep to Hagen for the pin and the win at 2 minutes 49. A very brief but enjoyable squash. Parker sold well while Hagen was really just a body. There are a lot of credible light heavyweights in WCW's ranks at this time and it's a shame that they didn't have a title to fight for anymore. WCW Saturday night, Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco back with you here at center stage. A great deal of anticipation awaits the matchup involving Sting and Big Ben Bader at Super Brawl 3. Here's what Sting has in store for him. Sting accepted an invitation to a party at the White Castle of Fear in the Rocky Mountains. out soon enough.
That thing is here. Stay here. Play the game. You again. Play the game. Dude, this is one game you're gonna lose. <laughs> There's something very familiar about all this. Vader's here! Who's the man? Who's the man? You're the man. Vader, nice place you have here. Reminds me of your personality. Cold. Very funny, Sting. <laughs> What's up? You're here to accept the challenge of Vader. Are you ready to play the game? All right, all right. So what's the game? You know what a strap match is? Well, I'm gonna show you Vader style. <laughs> Play the game! Play the game! It's the race! The strap! several weeks of challenges for him to visit by Vader, Sting finally makes his way to the White Castle of Fear. This infamous mini-movie has everything. Wacky 90s fashions, corny overacting, dolly birds lounging around, Harley Race's sexy mullet and Tash combo, midgets, a helicopter. Frankly, it's camper than Christmas and I love it. Now don't get me wrong, these were a massive waste of money for WCW, but they are so entertaining and massively memorable. Anyway, to cut a long story short, we're getting a strap match at Super Brawl 3, and we will see that midget again. We next get the debut appearance of a long-awaited British superstar. This is unbelievable! In the March WCW Magazine, the 92 Reader Awards. Who are the winners? Who are the losers? Barry Windham speaks about Dustin Rhodes and it's no holds barred. And check out your WCW predictions for 93. 
Blow this stuff out! Get your copy now on newsstands everywhere or save up to 25% off the cover price by subscribing today. Call 1-800-GET-WCW-1. Welcome back, everyone, to WCW Saturday Night. Jim Ross back with newcomer Steve Regal. And Steve, I know that next week here in the broadcast, you're gonna be competing, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and how long have you been wrestling? I've been wrestling for the last nine years all around the world. I'm from Blackpool in England. And I can't say what an honor it is and a pleasure to be at a World Championship Wrestling. I know, as you said, you've wrestled all over the world. And as we talked about before we went on the air, a lot of wrestlers around the globe talk about the competition here in WCW, don't they? Well, I've been all around the world, and believe me, the one place you want to come if you're a professional wrestler is right here at World Championship Wrestling. It's the only place to be. All right, Steve, thanks very much. We look forward to Steve Regal's debut here on WCW Saturday night, right here next Saturday. we got tag team action awaiting us in the ring. Let's go back to Tony Gillis. Why, yes, it's Steven Regal. Who else were you expecting? Jim Ross welcomes Steve, who seems like a nice, polite young man. Very humble about his credentials as well. Could this be the hot international babyface that WCW spunk up the wall? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Talking of spunking up the wall, match number three has what the French call Les Incompetents, Eric Watts and Marcus Alexander Bagwell teaming up to face Scotty Flamingo and Rip Rogers. I had high hopes that Eric Watts would go down for several life terms with no chance of parole after his completely unprovoked, highly psychotic attack on Arn Anderson. But life's not fair, I guess. Mercifully, this is quick. Flamingo and Bagwell start off well with chaining and headlocks before Eric tags in to ruin things completely. More chaining and a tag into Bagwell, who hits a second rope club to the arm of Flamingo. Flamingo manages to get the upper hand briefly off the ropes and hits a nice butterfly suplex to Bagwell before tagging in noted training legend Rip Rogers who whiffs on an elbow drop and eats an arm drag from Bagwell followed by another one. Eric tags in for his shoddy, unbelievable offence that you could read a newspaper through. Bagwell clears Flamingo out of the ring as Watts hits his patented rubbish STF onto Rogers, who does his best to make us think that Watts is a credible threat, but even Stevie Wonder could see that that was implausible, as Eric Watts gets the submission victory in 1 minute and 20 seconds. Now to say that this wasn't the best of matches is to say that Adolf Hitler was a little bit naughty back in Austria all those years ago. Rogers does his best to lift things and Bagwell did well, but both men were lumbered with duff partners. Flamingo wasn't in the mood to do anything, and Eric Watts shouldn't have been allowed to. After the break, Jim Ross interviews NWA legends, the Rock and Roll Express. Welcome back everyone to WCW Saturday Night here with two of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, the legendary Rock and Roll Express. Gentlemen, it's great to have you here. There is a little bit of bad news. I know that you recently lost the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Championship, the Jim Cornette's Heavenly Bodies, thanks to beautiful Bobby Eaton involvement in that contest, but you're still going to be a part of Super Brawl. That's right, Super Brawl. I'd say hello to all the fans here. It's been a long time since we've rocked and roll. Let me tell you something, Bobby Eaton, Jimmy Cornette, we'll take care of y'all when the time comes. We're going to do one thing. Look at, look at the wrecking crew. The wrecking crew, your opponents, Rick, in Asheville on the 21st of February. That's right, Jimbo. You know, these guys come out here and they're big. 
a lot bigger we are and a lot stronger. But that's how the Rock and Roll Express made our name. We capitalize on them big old boys because that's what we like. But one thing about it is, like you said earlier, Jimmy Cornette, we'll worry about you and Smoky Mountain Wrestling, but right now, our mind's on Super Brawl with the Wrecking Crew. And Jimbo, we're gonna sit out here and watch this next match because one thing we do is capitalize on mistakes, and that's what you're gonna do, Wrecking Crew. You're gonna make a big one stepping in the ring with the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. All right, as Ricky and Robert watch this one, ladies and gentlemen, let's go back up to Tony Geller. The R&Rs apparently lost the titles back to the Heavenly Bodies when Bobby Eaton ran out at the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Show and helped the Bodies win the belt back in an impromptu match. Now the Rock and Rollers have to face the Wrecking Crew on the 21st of February, which is confusing as that's the day of Super Brawl, where they were supposed to be facing the Bodies. I'm sure it will all work itself out though. Ricky states that they will be watching the next match closely as match number four pits the Wrecking Crew versus Rex Cooper and Rick Ryder. It's another squash tonight for Detroit's finest, as Rage and Fury hit their usual power stuff as the Express watch on in one of those little indent boxes that 90s wrestling liked. Ryder tries for a schoolboy, but that was all their offence for that match, as the Wrecking Ball wins it for the crew in 1 minute and 57 seconds. I've given the crew a couple of weeks now, but they're just not for me, or the fans it seems. Bill Watts always likes to stick to what used to work for him in Mid-South, but these guys are no road warriors. Frankly, they're barely Blade Runners. This week's WCW Up Close segment sees Tony Schiavone interview legendary announcer Gordon Soley. This is a very special WCW Up Close for me personally because I am sitting beside a man I've been just dying to talk to for a long time on WCW Up Close, the man they call the Dean of Professional Wrestling Commentators, and I guess there's a little bit of Gordon Soley in all of us. Gordon Soley, Gordon, thanks for joining us here. It's my pleasure, Tony, believe me. Gordon, you were the host of this program for many years on, on TBS, and I wanted to ask you, as we take a look at the current World Heavyweight Champion, the awesome Big Van Vader, you have seen some tremendous world champions in the past, Dory Funk Jr., Harley Race, uh, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. How does Van Vader compare to these World Heavyweight Champions? I would have to say in all honesty that uh, Big Van Vader uh, is the most awesome champion I've ever seen. Uh, you had the, the gentleman in Lou Thez. You had uh, the man with the tremendous charisma in, in Dusty Rhodes. You had the, the Oklahoma star in, in Jack Briscoe. But here in, in Big Van Vader, you've got a 450-pound man who moves like a 200-pounder. Uh, his great mobility, great agility and yet uh, is devastating in his attack on his opponents. So I, I really have to look at him as one of the most awesome champions I've ever seen. When you're the world heavyweight champion, Gordon, as you know, the challengers are already there, and certainly the man that is first in line, the man who has right now put his name on the dotted line to face Big Van Vader, is Sting. Well, and, and Sting is a, uh, a certainly a deserving challenger. There's no question in my mind about that. He's a former world heavyweight champion. Uh, he's a man with a mission. Uh, even though he's giving away maybe 200 pounds, I, I honestly believe that his desire... I was talking to Coach Don Shula a few years ago, and I said, what do you look for in a player? And uh, Shula said, I look for the man with a heart. Right. He can be technically perfect, but doesn't have a heart. Right. He said, I want the man with a heart, and I think Sting has it. There's no question about that, Gordon, and I would agree now. So we know Super Brawl 3 is upon us. It comes your way February 21st on pay-per-view. The challenge was made by Big Van Vader and accepted, and we found out on this program 
that the White Castle of Fear, the match for Super Brawl, will be Sting and Van Vader in a leather strap match. You have seen some dangerous matches in your career as a wrestling commentator, bull rope matches, cage matches. How does a leather strap match measure up? Well, uh, you would have to go back, I think, to the most dangerous match of, of those uh, that you mentioned uh, would be the Texas bull rope match, which was an innovation of uh, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, where you've got the the uh, bull rope and the bell right. in the center of the ring, which could be used as a weapon. But you must remember, in a leather strap match, the wetter the leather becomes, the mm -hmm. sharper it becomes, right. and it becomes a lethal weapon. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, WCW did exactly the right thing in saying, hey, we will not sanction this, mm -hmm. we will allow it, because right. these two men want it so badly, but we won't sanction it. And uh, I can only wish uh, Sting the very best in this. Certainly you have to render your opponent unconscious and drag him around the ring, right in a leather strap? Precisely, at all four corners, and uh, I think this may, even though Sting's giving away 200 pounds, this may weigh in his favor if he's able to wear down Big Van Vader, because the man has a lot more uh, oxygen he's got to carry in his system. Some exciting news for our wrestling fans. Gordon Soley is going to be with us a lot more here on WCW Saturday night. Beginning next week, he'll be sitting in this chair. And we'll be talking on WCW Up Close. And the first man you'll be talking to is the diabolical Cactus Jack. This is a guy who I'd really want to get into his head. I really do. And we look forward to having you here. And I'm Tony Schiavone for WCW Up Close. We're going to look forward to it. I personally don't believe that WCW used Soli all that well. But he does a wonderful job here putting over the Vader and Sting match at Super Brawl. And he makes both competitors look like a million dollars. The mini-movie was gloriously camp, but Soli gives the contest a real big match feel here. Back from the break, Shivani interviews Big Van Vader and Barry Windham to hype tonight's main event. Welcome back fans to WCW Saturday night, still to come the big main event, Sting and Dustin Rhodes together against these two men, the world champion Big Van Vader and Barry Windham at Harley Race, we now know about the White Castle of Fear at Super Brawl, it's a leather strap. That's right, and it's not very long off, I can't understand, or maybe they're just not bright enough that Sting and Dustin Rhodes would have enough guts to want to wrestle these two ahead of that. Sting and Dustin Rhodes, you are about to meet your destiny. And with this partner that I have right here, we are going to put you away tonight. Stinger! Sting! Every second of every day, the game becomes more of a reality. February 21st, Super Brawl, brother. You must feel the pain. And Stinger, what you going to do? What you going to do when you're on your back? And you're in pain, and you're in fear, and Big Van Vader standing over you. And he asked you, who's the man, Stinger? Who's the man? But Stinger, tonight, the pain game begins all over again. Yeah! From the world champion of Barry Winter, would you go back to the ring? Our fifth match of the evening is Max Payne versus Johnny Gunn. The other half of the former WCW sexiest tag team is in action here. Sadly, he gets quite the beating by the man from the State of Euphoria. Much like Payne wasn't the best, State of Euphoria wasn't Anthrax's best album either, but it's still better than him. Payne dominates the match, 
hitting Gunn with his best collegiate offence and corner torture, including headbutts. A backbreaker incapacitates Gunn before more counter-offence and a power slam. The armbar finally wins it for Max at 2 minutes and 24 seconds. This was slow, plodding and boring. Gunn deserved better here, but somebody has to be the jobber I guess. Jim Ross mentions that a WCW World Television title tournament will finally take place to crown a new champion, following Scott Steiner's departure to WWF back in 1992. Tony Schiavone is with Dustin Rhodes and Sting as they hype our tag team main event. fans, welcome back to WCW Saturday Night Sting and the U.S. Champion, the Natural Dustin Rhodes, set to go in the big tag main event still to come. And I know you're thinking about the leather strap at Super Brawl as well. I'm thinking about the pain game that Big Van Vader's talking about all the time. It seems to me this thing will learn real quick about the pain game. And it also seems to me, Van Vader, you've learned a little bit about what pain is all about at the hands of me, the Stinger. And tonight is the night we get even with you. Very one of them you want to talk about destiny. Just step in the ring with a stinger. Big Ben better. Y'all better be ready for everything because we're ready. All right, Jim, Larry, let's go back to you. Okay, Tony, thanks very much. We look forward to that matchup, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit later in the broadcast. But right now, we're going to go back up the ring, at least momentarily, Larry. One-on-one, -on -one, the Barbarian and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. You were very close to that situation, interviewing Team Vader at our last class. Yeah, I was at the class with Team Vader when Harley Race officially gave the Barbarian his pink slip. Mr. Wonderful, he made it official when he piled-rolled the Barbarian into the floor. Well, tonight is the revenge of the Barbarian. Oh, Larry, you're exactly right. Revenge has to be the motivating factor in this tremendous matchup. Two of the most physical athletes to compete in WCW are set to get it on. Let's go back up to Tony Gillum. Back from the break, we get our sixth match of the evening as the Barbarian takes on Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. We get some hype from Larry and Jim prior to this contest, stating that the stakes in this match are pure revenge, baby. The Barbarian comes in like a house on fire and dominates the proceedings after some early advantage from Paula. A nice showcase of the Barbarian's power as a big boot takes things outside. Larry gets a great line in here as he tells Ross that he felt the floor move when Orndorff was slammed to the floor. Barbarian continues the assault for a few minutes, but Orndorff turns it around once they get back into the ring with punches, chokes and elbows. Barbarian gets the upper hand again following a dodged dropkick from Orndorff. Orndorff slips out of a Barbarian power slam by having his feet on the ropes and gets the win after the Barbarian gets confused and thinks that he got the pin. Orndorff hits him with a German suplex into a bridge for the pin at 5 minutes and 20 seconds. This was quite a physical match, if a tad one-sided, although I guess it was meant to be as Barbarian had a point to prove as Cactus Jack's ally but I've definitely seen better from both men. Ladies and gentlemen, the following tag team match is set for one fall. Introducing first team number one. They went on a combined weight of 722 pounds and are accompanied to the ring by seven-time world heavyweight champion Harley Race. Barry Windham and the heavyweight champion of the world. Well, Vince, it's been well done. 
Can Barry win them? But now we know. Sting and Big Van Vader in a scratch match at Super Brawl. Back to Tony. And their opponents winning a combined weight of 519 pounds. The United States heavyweight champion, the natural, Dustin Rose. And his tag team partner, Steve. They shake the rafters here at center stage with the ovation for Dustin Rose, the U.S. champion and the most popular Our main event for the evening is Big Van Vader and Barry Windham, accompanied by Harley Race, taking on the natural Dustin Rhodes and the man called Sting. The crowd go wild for the babyfaces as we get Windham and Sting to kick things off. It's awesome mat wrestling with some big slabs, with Sting dominating the early proceedings. Dustin gets the tag and opens up on Windham, even waving at him beforehand with the once bad wrist. Wyndham desperately tags out to Vader and Dustin immediately opens upon him. Dustin-Vader is an amazing pairing that could have benefited from at least one pay-per-view headlining match. Vader pulverises Dustin's midsection after he steps away to play to the crowd and the heels isolate Dustin as he gives a babyface in peril masterclass, obviously taking lessons from Steamboat there. They not only keep him isolated but they use all three available corners to their advantage still keeping him far away from Sting. Dustin sidesteps a huge diving lariat from Vader and goes for the tag, but Vader grabs his bad wrist and yanks on it, pulling him back in for an awesome short-arm lariat. The build-up to the hot tag is awesome, and Dustin keeps getting fingertips away. They go to work on his bad wrist before Dustin turns a backdrop attempt into the Bulldog. He dives to Sting, and Sting comes in, and the crowd go mental! Sting goes low on Wyndham and hits him with the face buster and then goes into his usual moveset which still slaps. Dustin chases off Vader and drop kicks him on the outside but Harley starts beating down on Dustin. Sting goes for the scorpion deathlock on Barry but he fights it off long enough so that Vader can get in and clothesline Sting's head clean off. He rushes back in and dives onto Dustin, squashing him. Barry hits Sting with an implant DDT and could end it here, but Vader tells him to hold him. The ref yells at him so he brings in the strap, but Vader slams him down and it's thrown out at 10 minutes and 26 seconds, as Rhodes and Sting get the DQ victory. Post-match, Harley holds Sting's arms over the top from the outside, while Wyndham holds his legs and Vader starts whipping him with the leather strap. Jobbers and refs run out to break it up, but Vader scares them away with the whip. Eventually, Zenk, Armstrong, Bagwell and Gunn run out as Vader tosses Sting away to the outside and they tend to Sting and Dustin, as Vader, Wyndham and Harley leave to close the show abruptly. Now this is an example of a solid face versus heel tag team match. We have two dominant, powerful heels versus two young faces who both knew how to play to the crowd. Rhodes sells his punishment well, and while I generally dislike finishes like the one that we got, 
I feel that it left the viewer wanting more as we head towards Super Brawl. And now we head to my final thoughts. WCW continue their solid booking towards Super Brawl. There are a few clunkers here, and I think you know where I'm leaning, but our new cruiserweights continue to be showcased well. Sting and Vader continues to build up nicely, and the crowd is hot for everything they see. The main event was banging, but my main gripe is that there are too many matches on the show. You could have easily taken the crew or Max Payne off this show and given the time to Barbarian and Dorndorf. This was a mostly enjoyable watch though, leaving me super excited for Super Brawl. So this week's stars of the night were Dustin Rhodes and Sting. You cannot argue with the fan reaction that these two got and they knew how to control the cheers perfectly. Sting was the king of the shouty face promo and both guys were good workers. If there was any justice, both guys would have had WCW built around them, but I'm sure that we'll get to why this didn't happen in the future. The match of the night is the tag team main event. The piercing was absolutely fantastic. It totally did not feel like a 10 minute match, but the classic tag formula was played to great effect. Even the lack of a solid finish didn't bother me. My highlight of the night was the White Castle of Fear, because camp is king. And then my blatantly obvious lowlight of the night is Eric Watts. When your STF makes John Cena's look like the regal stretch, I think you need to find something else to do. Guys, we will continue to follow WCW in the future, and we will have another Super Brawl stretch, looking at the builds to the event, as well as the eventual event itself. But Episode 7 will see us finally return to the Manhattan Center for the January 25th, 1993 episode of WWF Monday Night Raw. We finally get to see our two one-show stories end, as the Macho Man Randy Savage has his date with the Repo Man, and Mr. Perfect and the Nature Boy face off to determine who is going to remain in the company. Please continue to leave your feedback at One Man's Meat Pod on Twitter, as I want to know from all my 90s fans what you would want from this show moving forward. But, in the meantime, and in between time, stay beefy, Meatsiders!